your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This fan series edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. In this series, you'll be introduced to Florida Panther fans all over the landscape, whether they are in South Florida, outside of South Florida, across the pond in the UK, and even in Canada. So for this ninth edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers fan series as we are starting to wrap up this series with training camp just getting started and the season just a few weeks away. It, this has been fun and I'm I've been very fortunate to chat with many Florida Panther fans around the fan base. So it, this has been fun and hope to do this again uh, next off season. But for this fan series edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, I have. Kirby Lupal on the show. Kirby, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Armando. Thanks for having me on. Um, always like reaching out to the Panthers community, and um, this should be fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's a, uh, it, it's that it's that time of year. We're currently recording this on a on a Friday, uh, as the training camp is just getting started. Day two of training camp. Uh, for me personally, I'm, this is also an exciting weekend for me because I'm a, I'm a golf fan and the Ryder Cup is currently uh, going oh, on. I'm a big golf guy too. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I'm not currently watching right now we're, since we're recording this podcast, but as of right now, USA is up 3-1 to one on uh, Europe. So we didn't, plan, we didn't plan this at all, but uh, Tony Finau is my favorite player. I haven't watched any today, but I'll probably catch some throughout the weekend and stuff like that. I know some people are really hooked to the Ryder Cup, but uh, you know I'll get into it here and there. But uh, he's my personal favorite. So, um, And I do give your, your brethren, the United States, I think an advantage to pull it off uh, this year. But there's the John Rahm factor, so you never know guy like him how much he'll step up because he's had a great uh, golf year, as you would know, right? So, um, yeah, John Rahm has been... John Rom has been great. Uh, Patrick Cantlay has been great. Um, Jordan Spieth had an incredible shot on 17 uh, early, earlier. And oh, really? He almost uh, fell into Lake Michigan as that was going on because Whistling Straits is right on it. But this, yeah. this, that. But as soon as we're done with this, I'll, I'll definitely be tuning more into yeah, I have a golf. I have a golf shirt from Whistling Straits. I picked it up in Vegas uh, at the PGA store there flying out and uh, got it on discount. It was a great shirt. I always love that Whistling Straits logo. Awesome. Uh, the, the the club logo it's it's neat so I, I wear that shirt proudly I have to get out there sometime but it, yeah. but yeah awesome man but yeah so we're here talking to Florida Panthers hockey your fandom and all that stuff your history and all that so tell tell the listeners uh where you're from and what do you do for a living yeah I'm from uh, Calgary Alberta Canada born and raised um funny to say that people be saying uh you're a Florida Panther fan right um yeah, I have like a background in broadcasting communications. I've covered um, junior hockey up here. Um, I do writing on the side. I do a bunch of everything. I've I, I grew up as a youth uh, basketball coach. Um, I've actually I've I've done that as a profession and a job. So like a dabble in a little bit of here and there. I've actually um I've worked security for the Stanley Cup Finals here when way back when the Calgary Flames were in the Stanley Cup Finals with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But um yeah, I just as a child growing up here in Canada, 
we are all fans of of different hockey teams. As funny as that sounds, the Calgary Flames fan base when I grew up um, in the late '80s and early '90s really wasn't uh, prevalent here. I, I, I would like to say um, there was. I, I grew up with fans, you know, that were fans of the Detroit Red Wings, Philadelphia Flyers other Canadian hockey teams. I think the older fan base here in the city of Calgary was really um, um, situated, but I don't think the fan base here in Calgary really took off until they went to the Stanley cup uh, against Tampa Bay lightning. What would that be back in, back in the R4 four season? Yeah. So growing up through my adolescence years through the nineties, everyone was a fan of, of, of other teams, Uh, the flames building here, it was often called the library. I would go to games um, on weekends. You could pick your seat that you'd sit in. Um, and, you know, I think the fan bases in the Sunbelt regions and Arizona and Florida often get um, that tag or label put on them. Here, I noticed that as a, as a child here in Calgary. Like, there was women in the seats. They were sewing. There was men in the seats that were businessmen mm-hmm. that weren't even facing the ice that would sit and talk to each other and would even be watching what was going on in the ice. So I think that misconception sometimes can be strewed across uh you know the league here and i noticed that as a kid and i wanted to have a team of my own and when florida panthers came in i love the logo um i love that they were new and fresh um john van beesbrook their goaltender had a cool mask uh they did a lot of marketing even up here in canada behind someone like him they released um mcdonald's goalie masks here and they had like patrick waugh's colorado mask Mike Rickert, New York Rangers mask. So John Van Beesbrook, he was kind of a staple as a child and someone that you could look at. And I always liked the goaltending position. I'd never played the goaltending position um, competitively. I played baseball and other sports, basketball. But uh, when I did play hockey, I would play um, street hockey or road hockey, and I would always be the goalie. And I even played later on in some uh, men's and ladies leagues, um, played goaltending a little bit. So he was always a guy I looked at. He wore the baseball gloves. Um, Because I was a really competitive baseball player. He wore, um, if people don't know this, John Van Beeswick wore his um, batting gloves underneath his catcher and blocker. So that's something that I always did when I put on on the pads. And um, obviously Florida going to that miracle run in 96 helped. Um, I didn't get television access to the Panthers. So we had to listen through it through the radio um, at the time, which I didn't have access to that even so that was later on with internet radio so um newspaper clippings and different things like that and maybe like one game a month would be on on television so i tried to follow them from the very beginning i think the first year they missed by a point or two even um so they're really close coming out of the gate as being like a really competitive hockey team and uh yeah, from there, my fandom has just grown. It's been tested at times. Um, a lot of the Panther fan base, we talk about that on Twitter. So, um, But through thick and thin, I can say, yeah, I've been with them every season. Um, in the last 10, 15 years, I've actually um, you know, purchased um, center ice package up here. So people are like, oh, you can't follow American teams. Well, yeah, you can. And uh, so I've, pa- I've uh, purchased that pa- package religiously. So I really follow them really close. And I do try to follow them close in the offseason. I know you might talk about training camp. I haven't been totally up to date um, with everything that's going on. But I do try to track that and follow that through Twitter as best as I can. And then when the season hits, I'm, yeah, full in. So, And, and credit to you that where where you are, you're in a hotbed of hockey. And the the Canadian fan base is just in general like the, the the USA teams have nothing on what what is up there even even in 
the smaller Canadian market like Calgary is, um, they like knowing the knowing a little bit of the history of the Calgary Flames of them moving from Atlanta to Calgary in the early '80s and all, getting mm-hmm. one Stanley Cup in the late '80s. And uh, the last time they even made it to the Stanley Cup final was that year that they lost to Tampa Bay Lightning. And even Calgary Flames fans um, com- complain still to this day about. Um, a goal like not being past the the line, and I, I believe it was Game Six or Game Seven of that O four series. I'm not sure. Yes, when it was. I I have a, a Game Six, um, double overtime. I believe Smart St. Louis got the winner. I have two fun stories behind that. Um, mm-hmm. I was working security for an individual independent company, not the not the Saddle Dome company, but a independent company. Um, and I was doing concert events and I ended up doing a uh, hockey games that spring. I was like, okay, I'll do some flames playoff games. Well, that's the year they went on their miracle run to the Stanley cup final. So I think I started halfway through the Vancouver series and then worked the Detroit series in Detroit. They were heavily favored that year to win the Stanley cup, if I'm not mistaken and Calgary bounced them. And then they beat the San Jose sharks in the conference final and then played the Tampa Bay lightning in the Stanley cup final. So I was on my break um, during security and I was working the suite area. Right. So um, uh, the 100 level seating, the ice level seating. So I went on my break and Unbeknownst to me until after Armando, I did not know this, but on my um, security break, I was behind the Tampa Bay net when that supposed goal happened, right? So I was kind of like half paying attention to the game, but half doing my job because I was on my break. And it was like, you know, continuous play. I I believe that was some point in overtime. And I was behind that net when the supposed actual goal happened with Martin Jelena, who ended up being a future Florida Panther. And that he would have, if he would have been credited with that goal, he would have had the game, game winning, clinching goal in every series of that playoff run. So, um, yeah, that goal is that goal or non-goal is still talked about to this very day. And then after I came back from my break, I went back to the suite area and they brought these boxes out. And I said, because I was helping security run the, the store there. And it was very like low level security. It was in the suite level. There was no fandom fan base kind of running through there, stuff like that. And I said to the lady that was working the shop, oh, what's in these boxes? And she says, well, these are the Calgary Flames Stanley Cup Championship shirts. So if they win here in overtime, we're opening these up and I need your help, right? Oh. So I was like, can we take a peek at them? And she's like, no, 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 we can't, right? And those are the shirts that often end up in Africa after because they do mm-hmm. um, they do ship them off um, to like third world countries and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wish I could have got a peek at them. Yeah, and then they were sitting right next to me there and they did not get opened in game six. I went downstairs after to the bowels of the arena because I had to work security down there. Martin's, and my brother was working with me security at the time too. And uh, Martin St. Louis walked by me. He had flip-flops on and I had my security boots on. I'm about six foot, six foot one. And Martin St. Louis scored the overtime goal that night in game six to extend the series. And eventually they win it in game seven back in Tampa. He's, he walked by me and my brother and said, hey, how's it going, guys? He had his baseball cap on. He walked literally right underneath my chin. And he's a small guy, but his legs are like Sidney Crosby's legs, like just tree trunks, right? And, me and, my, and he was in his uh, workout shorts because he was probably on the exercise bike after he got off the ice or did a little workout, pre uh, post-game workout. And, uh, yeah, I just remember that that night and that, that experience. It was a really neat experience to kind of behold and be in the arena that night. But, yeah, Flames fans still still talk about that one for sure up here. I mean, when when you have a chance to win and, and you don't know whether it crossed 
cross all the way or not replay replays not advanced then like what yeah they didn't have it going on in the arena so i didn't know what was going on and there was a bit of a buzz in the arena but it was it was yeah it wasn't it was it's not the same as being at home and you get to see the angles right as being in the arena at the time and especially at that time too i don't know if they were putting that on the jumbotron or stuff like that and then i went back from my from my security break so i kind of missed the hoopla and the buzz after in the building after that point too right so yeah, it's different than nowadays with all the multiple camera angles. And I think that was the institution of the overhead. And then they were trying different different cameras in the net, um, you know, and then they had the 360 zoom lenses and different things like that. So it's come a long way since that point. So they don't want another incident like that happening. Um, I would say that incident, you know, it might not be as high as the Buffalo Dallas one with the skate in the crease, but I definitely would put that one, you know, in the top three, top five. And the league doesn't want those things you know, to happen again, moving forward. Right. So. Absolutely. For sure. And um, you answered a coming question of uh, when the Florida Panthers entered your consciousness, but what I, I want to a- ask another question in, in addition uh, to that, is there a specific game that you remember you, you talked about before we started recording about how you've been a Panther fan from the very start. Do you remember there was a specific game that told you saying, Hey, this was this I'm am sold as a Florida Panther fan, even though you're all the way out there in uh Western Canada. Well, okay, I, I I know we were we talked a little bit off air, but um where my first hockey fandom started, it was not with the Calgary Flames. Uh, it was with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And usually when you're a young kid, you know, you you, you know, I know you follow football and we talk, you know, you're a golf fan and stuff like that. Who do you usually follow? Well, you usually follow the best or someone that's on top, right? So as a five, six-year-old boy, um, before the the Panthers came into existence, I followed the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I was a big Mario Lemieux, Lemieux fan. Sorry? The Lemieux days. Yes, big, huge Lemieux fan, huge Yarma Yager fan, which is awesome because Yager later came to the Panthers, a full circle for me. I followed the beginning of his career and the end of his career, so that kind of bookended it perfectly for me. And I was also a huge Kevin Stevens fan. Now, he fell uh, apart with um, a very gruesome injury. If you guys have not ever seen that, you can type in Kevin Stevens' injury um, on YouTube. Uh, It happened during the Stanley Cup playoffs when they were trying to three-peat. Um, and I was a fan at the time of the Pittsburgh Penguins and he had a gruesome injury and then he, he found to some drug and, um, al- uh, alcohol issues, um, and stuff like that, mainly drug. Um, but yeah, I was a huge fan of that line. Kevin Stevens at left wing, Mario Lemieux at center, Yarmy Yaga at right wing. They had Ron Francis on center on the second line, uh, Tom Barrasso in net, all Samuelson on defense. They just had a really great team. So I kind of followed them as a young boy. And, um, to answer your question, Pittsburgh and Florida later met in the conference finals in 1996. So it was kind of my old love and my new love. And mm-hmm. I was entering middle school at that time. And I was like, I need to really pick which team I'm going to go with moving forward. I don't want to be a two team hockey fan. And I do see that on Twitter with some fan fandom, some fans. And I'm like, ah, oh, like, I'm like, you're an adult, you're in your twenties, your thirties, you got to pick a team and ride with it, you know? So I felt that pressure in middle school that I really um, needed to find my fan base. So the games that I really remember Armando was in round two, the Florida Panthers against the Philadelphia Flyers, Eric Lindros and the Legion of Doom line. And the Panthers were such heavy underdogs in that series. And I got every game from that series because um, in Canada, we had them um, broadcasted on CBC television. So I got to watch all that Panthers run 
um, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's really when I could watch them game in, game out as a hockey fan because it was hard to access to be able to um, access them before that period, right? This was their first playoff appearance and and everything like that. Um, so obviously the Bill Lindsay goal. But I remember those Philadelphia Flyer games. Mike Huff, overtime goal, the Dave Lowry goal where the net came off the moorings with Ron Hextel. You remember that one? And uh, and uh, Ed Jovanovsky jumping him and that that just that sheer enthusiasm in that Miami arena, how loud it was and and the rats raining down. I love the rats. I still my friend actually went to a playoff game against New Jersey when the Panthers were in the playoffs against New Jersey and he got the shirt of return of the rat. And uh, I still wear that shirt now proudly. And um, uh, yeah, that 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 playoff run is just so memorable to me and watching those um Panthers and Flyers games on Fox that we got up here and also on CBC uh, Canadian Broadcast um, Corporation channel uh, able to catch all of those playoff games and even some of them were in the afternoon and I I was not an Eric Lindros fan at all I hated Eric Lindros and just to see um, you know my Panthers my new love you know take down the mighty Philadelphia Flyers that everyone up here in Canada gave the Panthers no chance to win that series so I'd say those games were my first memorable games um, watching the Florida Panthers. And then later on when Pavel Bure joined um, the Panthers, I, I have a Pavel Bure jersey that I still get complimented on to this day when I wear it in, in rinks up here. Um, so a lot of Pavel Bure memories too. So those would be the two things, that Philadelphia Flyers series and then when the Panthers were able to bring in a huge superstar, their first superstar ever in Pavel Bury. So those would be the moments that I that I look back at fondly. That That's awesome. And you, you're asking me, how, oh, do I remember that run? I was three years old when the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and I, I know I knew you were younger, but I was going to say, do you remember it from YouTube or, you know, different, you know, they play back classic games and stuff. I know they do that up here in Canada. They play back classic games. So sometimes yeah. they, they play back that Flyers Panthers series. Um, They do it like a season, a season in review or uh, a series in review. And they still show that one, the Flyers Panthers one over the, over the Bruins one. Uh, over over the um, over the avalanche one, and then I'm drawing drawing a blank here for some reason. Or over the penguin one, even penguin one that went get seven games. Um, mm-hmm. They they still talk about up here in Canada. They still show that Flyers Panthers one on on classics because uh just the the arena and how the Panthers were such a heavy underdog. I think against Boston, I think it was a four versus five matchup. I want to say I could be off on that, but it was really close in the seating. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Flyers were favored to win the Stanley Cup that year or, or right up there with the, the Red Wings and, and the Avalanche. So I felt, um, yeah, that's it. I know you would have been three years old, but definitely, um, like fan base that, that is your age, I would definitely like recommend go, go back on YouTube, try to find, um, classic video of that series. All oh, the big hits that Jovanovski laid on Eric Lindros, the big goals in overtime. Oh, you can't get better than that. That arena that was just packed to the rafters. Um, Ron Hextel was really hated in the league at the time. Eric Lindros, if you didn't love him, you hated him. Um, so it was like kind of good versus evil. And I feel, felt like a lot of people were jumping on the Panthers, expressed on the Panthers back that series and, and you know, rooting for that underdog, especially if you like an underdog in sport. I've always been a proponent of an underdog in sport. Um uh, I cheer for uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who actually started as Cinderella and now are national power in college basketball. So I've always loved the underdog and um, supporting the underdog. And, and that series, even if you go back in time and, 
and watch it, it on, on highlights or whatever. It's it, it's awesome. I recommend it highly. So, um, and I hope we get to see some more of that in the future with the Panthers come playoff time, right? And uh, we got a little taste of that this past year. So, does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Hey Cats fans, there's an incredible app everyone uses to buy gas that everyone needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code HOCKEY for NHL and get a bonus of $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to $0.50 a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cashback, and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code Hockey to get up to fifty cent gallon cashback for your first tank. That's code hockey at get upside. Absolutely. We we got that taste and they're they're the Florida Panthers and their media day is just talking about how they're uh craving for more and I really feel the motivation with this group. Not that not that they don't need any motivation. They they they're hockey players, they do they're competitors, so they don't need any, but definitely seeing of how they challenge Tampa Bay to the like a lot of people argue that they're they're one of the teams that really uh, challenged Tampa Bay the most. So, yeah, uh, I've heard on NHL Network they said they challenged them even more than the Islanders, and the Islanders pushed them to seven games. And those are national broadcasters saying that about about yeah. our team, the Panthers, right? So, I, I love that. I love that affirmation. It's not just us in the fan base, right, Armando? That's saying that. It's the national media now saying that, and that is a big leap from a lot of us Panther fans who've been on Twitter since almost day one of Twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you go on Twitter now and it's, it's night and day difference of, of the fan base and not just the fan base, the Panthers fan base, but outside the Panthers organization and fan bases outside of the Panthers talking about our team in that light light. It's really nice thing to see. It's awesome. Uh, and, and, and I, and I love what I'm hearing from the national landscape. Of course, sometimes I do have to keep a little bit of a level head uh, when, when a lot of, uh, when a lot of national people are picking the Panthers to make it far to the in the Stanley Cup playoffs and even win it, I I try to like 
I, I get a little nervous when I hear that, not going to lie, because I haven't even seen a playoff series win as, as, as a fan. So that I can't even barely remember the playoff series win that yeah. was against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. And that was like, when I was like drop, like I said, dropping my old love for my new love. And, uh, Oh, just the heartbreaks that we've had, that you've had as a fan. I don't know. When did you start following the team? Exactly. Early 2010s. Okay. Yeah. So you were part of the, the probably New Jersey um, playoff mm-hmm. series yep. loss, right? Yep. And then the Islander one, which still gets talked about often. But that New Jersey one, that one hurt me too. I know they're a bit more of an underdog that year, but if you think the New Jersey Devils went to the Stanley Cup final that year against the LA Kings, the eventual Stanley Cup champions. So Broder always getting the best of us. He got the best of us uh, years prior with Pavel Bure. I think that was in a in a sweep, actually. Um, but it, it, it was Broder just showing his best i've always been a martin broder fan so kind of like hated that he did that against us but i uh, always respected him and then you know um you know this past year we you know you you as a as a fan fan got a little bit more of a taste and you, you really saw the potential that this this organization has from when you first started as a fan in the early 2010s like this is the best team on paper and this is the best team too. on ice right this is the best team i test analytic tests like this is the best team prospects coming up through the system now like with Spencer Knight and Dennis Sanko and Tippett and all these guys graduating like the kids that you're seeing now um in training camp all you need is one just one of those kids to pop because of how deep the 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 roster is right might be missing a piece or two on the back end but um those are additions that can be made you know at the trade deadline and stuff like that so this team is just so close yeah and like you said the national media and pundits picking this team to go to the Stanley Cup or win the Stanley Cup we don't want to get too big-headed about it but it's you know it's a new thing for us to be able to see that right I don't know if I've ever seen that as a fan of the Florida Panthers when they've had Pavel Bure when they've had Roberto Luongo some of the greats that this organization has had um we've always had good goaltenders you know Thomas Vokun and had Craig Anderson at one point and uh, had Luongo on his first run and even on his second run um, so we've always been blessed, you know, in between the pipes. Bobrovsky, I'm hoping to see a big rebound from him. And, you know, if Spencer Knight takes over, then then so be it, right? Um, I'm a huge Spencer Knight fan from day one. Thank Followed you. him in World Juniors. World Juniors, um, even against Canada, I was like, I said to my Canadian friends up here, I'm like, this guy, I'm not being like a homer, but this guy could win the MVP of the tournament. He's ready. Uh, I think it was his second run this year in the World Juniors. I, I could be mistaken if it was his third run. I know he's... Uh, he's been with Dustin Wolf, I think, both years. So, um, which is a Calgary Flames prospect goaltender that they have a lot of high hopes for up here. Um, for you fans that are part part of the USA development program, fans of that program, um, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see what happens on the ice this year. I just yeah, I don't see any weaknesses. Even if we have an injury, which I hate to talk about, if we have an injury, we're deep enough to kind of recoup on that. Um, and uh, you know, even with that, like people forget. Aaron Eckblad was hurt last year during the playoffs, right? A lot of people outside the organization forget that. So having a healthy Aaron Eckblad come back to that decor is really going to help too. Mm. Um, Spencer Knight, it was his second World Juniors. He played four games in the previous year um, in okay. 2020, and he played six in, in this one. And- so that was his second run. I don't know if he's eligible for this year, but he probably won't be there anyways because he'll be with the big clubs. So. Yeah, it, I'm, not, I'm not counting on it. And honestly, wouldn't want him – 
to to compete there for uh health yeah. reasons selfishly so. yeah exactly i think he, i think he, i think he i think he i don't think he's eligible though either if i'm not mistaken so yeah. we wouldn't have yeah. to worry about that so hopefully there's some other uh players through the panthers um farm says their first round pick this year i think he'll have a good shot at um anton, um, anton lundell or matt mackie samuskevich you're talking about yeah yeah Mascavich, yeah mm-hmm. i think um, he'll have a good shot at the team so yeah so Next question I have for you, um, as far as because you're out there in Western Canada, I assume I'm going to ask this question anyway. Um, have you traveled to see the Florida Panthers on the road before? I'm going to assume yes, but I'll let you uh, answer that question. I'm going to surprise you here. As a lifelong Panther fan, it is still on my bucket list. Whoa. Being in Western, yeah, I know, I know. And I've had like recent, um, um, Daniel, a good friend of mine and Panther uh, fan um, that I wrote for the Rat Trick for, um, he actually went down there a few years ago, and I think that was his first ever trip there. I was like, man, I wish I could get down there and see the club. When LeBron James was part of the Miami Heat, my brother is a huge basketball fan, and we were kind of planning a trip around that, and it just fell through at the time with university and you know, tight funds for money. Um, in Canada, it's a lot easier to jump on a flight here to go to Vegas or California. To go down to Florida, it's a pretty big financial commitment. So when I was going to university and post-grad, it was, it was really hard to have for me and my personal financial situation to find the funds to get down there. But I still have friends that are like, you know, Kirby, we need to get down there maybe around Christmas time when there's a homestand for three, four games. Uh, like my friends are not even Panther fans. They're like, yeah, we need to get down there. So it's still on my bucket list to this day. I know so much Panther fans down there on Twitter that I would love to meet. Um, couple personal friends down there um even my best friend has been down there because he he works um he's a yacht captain in in the florida keys and bermuda area so he's even been down there for a panther playoff game so i'm like man he brought me back stuff from that game like i mentioned to you earlier so um it's definitely on my bucket list um it's something that i do want to do you know i like to go on trips with people in small groups Uh, i don't i'm not a big guy of just going on a vacation on my own and kind of backpacking and going through <laughs> it would be backpacking but you know just mm. uh posting up in a in a hotel or whatever but i definitely it's definitely on my bucket list um something i definitely have to do so yeah it, it's it's weird to say that but uh yeah um i, I did want to see roberto luongo before he did i've i've seen the panthers play every year when they've been up here they used to um they used to have preseason games up in western canada i think that was because of a lot of the panthers staff at the time i think Dwayne sutter who's a who's an Alberta resident um, was part of the Panthers organization for a long time on the scouting level and assistant coach level. Um, there used to be a lot of preseason games up here. So I'd catch preseason games up here, regular season games up here. I saw the new rink in Edmonton that I was telling you earlier about Armando. It's an awesome rink. I'd say it's one of the top ranks in the NHL or it is ranked up at the very top. Um, Panthers won that day. It was so, it was great to see them. So yeah, I've seen uh I've seen them a lot as a visiting fan, but never as a home fan yet. So that'll be a new experience for me when that happens one day. So um, I have older dogs right now, so it's hard for people to get to babysit them. So I think eventually, sadly, when they pass on, I I won't have that commitment to be tied down so much with them um, in my house here. So um, have to get someone to maybe house set for house set for a week or two here. And then, you know, finally do that trip. So um, definitely something that I have to do for sure. That's awesome. So you've seen the Panthers, uh, however, at the Saddle Dome over there. Yeah, I've seen the Panthers play now probably like 10, 20 times in my life. Um, I try to get to 
every time they come up here, because, you know, being the Western Conference, they're only up here once a year. But even back in the day when they came here for exhibitions, I'd see them sometimes two, three times a year. Um, so so that was a, that's always been a great experience. And you can still be a fan from far away. I tell people this, like, the you know, I, I started with internet radio. Well, I started with the newspaper. People are like, newspaper, what? But I started with the newspaper, <laughs> branched into internet radio, and then um, branched into, like, a few games a year that would be telecast up here. And then with invention of the NHL Center Ice, you can get every game. And then, obviously – people are streaming online and you can find different streams and channels that way too. So you can always be a fan of a team, uh, North America wide. It's the same as people that are, I'm not a soccer fan or football, European football fan, but, uh, people that support, you know, their soccer teams from, you know, across the pond, you know? So I, I always find that reasoning to be very, very weak. Um, people are like, well, I have to support my home team or I can't support a team that, you know, is so far away. I'm like, why can't you, right? Uh, get on Twitter uh, get on Hockey Futures boards. That's a great um, community there. There's a there's a community page for every fan base. Um, some of the posts and follows there are pretty wacky, but those are some of the fans that brought me over to um, that brought me over to Twitter, and that's how I was first recognized to write for some articles for the Rat Trick as well, just posting on a community fan message board. So you never know where things can take off. You do one podcast and, and people know who you are and stuff like that as well. So I, I bet you know that as, as a brand that you're developing here, Armando, um, with the Locked In podcast. So yeah, you can always find fan base wherever you're at. So uh, I've just been so grateful to um, the fan base on Twitter. Adam was actually one of the guys. Um, I don't have his handle in front of me here. You might have to find it after and, and put it into the description. Florida Panther Punk. Punk, P-U-N-K, I think. And Adam, he's such a great Panther fan. And he he brings Panther fans from all over the globe um, together. And uh, he I think he actually works in social media as his, as his job. So, um, and uh, he, he brought me into the fan base and Steve Goldstein and uh, a lot of the Panthers media, they follow me, I follow them, um, interact with them. So, if you're a new Panthers fan or listening to this, I recommend, yeah, just signing up on Twitter. Such a great community. Um, Panthers fan base, it's, it's like nothing else. Uh, there's some things that even make me laugh and stuff like that. Um, but uh, great, great group of people. And uh, that's kind of how you found me too on Twitter here. And I kind of reached out to you initially and said, you know, I love podcasts. I haven't done one yet. Um, I have a friend that does one up here in Canada and, you know, I eventually might do one with him. So it's just been uh great honor for you to have me on here and share my um fandom with you and everything like that so absolutely um love interacting with other people twitter twitter can be there's the highs and the lows of twitter especially when your team's doing uh um on one side of things or most on definitely the other. when when the when the when the teams are doing really bad like i'm a dolphins fan and right now dolphins twitter is in a really bad place as of right now <laughs> Yes, and, I see some of it through the Panther fans that I follow on Twitter. Yeah, so, so I do see golf. I'm a kid Dallas Cowboys fan, so I understand. That's like being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan in hockey. So oh, Lord. I understand that completely where you're coming from. But I do see your Dolphin fan base uh, this past week here. They're like doing videos of themselves sitting in the crowd and being like, this is disgrace. And even I think with the Miami Hurricanes too, they're mm-hmm. like, this program's a disgrace right now. And, and this team's a disgrace. So I do see a lot of the Dolphins uh um post yeah. on sunday for sure yeah for sure and yeah and for college i'm a, I'm a florida state fan so it's even worse 
So with, with oh, it's one, even so, worse. Okay. Yeah, I don't follow college football as closely, but I saw some of the Hurricane fan base after this past week, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? And I see that because a lot of it gets retweeted or liked out from the fans that I follow that are Panther fans, right? So Absolutely. I do, I do feel like I'm indoctrinated into the South Florida – uh, sports fan community, and I was a big. Uh, I don't follow NBA as much as much any as closely anymore, I should say. But I'm an Indiana Pacers fan from the day I I, I started out as an NBA fan, pretty much besides Michael Jordan era. And uh, the Miami Heat and uh, Indiana Pacers have had some big playoff rivalries over the yeah. past year. So uh, um, sometimes uh, the Panthers fan base I'm friends with, and then other times I'm like I'm on the other side of the line with them, and we go back and forth with that. So because um, a lot of the Panther fan base, even if they're not from Florida, they are Miami Heat fans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go back and forth with that. So, yeah, my, my fandom's all over the place, from the Dallas Cowboys to the Indiana Pacers, the Florida Panthers, Gonzaga Bulldogs. So it's just where – where I've been a fan of, you know, as a child and what, you know, struck me and like, I've always wanted, like I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I've always wanted a team of my own and not follow trends, not follow the crowd um, and be very loyal to that fan base. You know, um, I grew up as a Seattle Mariner fan back in the day. I play competitive baseball, but I've really got away from baseball and following that closely. It's, it's a hard sport to follow day in, day out and stuff like that. But um, I play fantasy sports. So, I try to stay on top of all sports possible, but definitely the Florida Panthers are number one for me when it comes to um, following sports teams. So, Yeah, uh, I love my Marlins, but I can't commit to 162 games a season. I just can't. I, I, I need a life outside of sports. So, yeah, I hear you. And it's summertime. And I love, like we talked earlier in this podcast, like we're golf fans. So I like to get out and golf and it's a big hobby of mine. So um, I haven't golfed a lot this year. I haven't really, I maybe even golf once this year, but um, during the pandemic, I tried, I had a driving range pass. So it was just something to get outside and do, you know, when everything was shut down here and in Canada, it's a little bit different than down in Florida, but um, Absolutely. yeah, we've gone through a lot of different shutdowns and stuff. A lot of it's due to our weather. I feel, um, I really feel that has play, plays with it. Um, in Calgary, we have Chinook, so one one day, one out, well, not one day, one hour could be shining, shining brightly outside. The next hour could be raining, and the next hour we could almost have really wild weather patterns um, up here in Canada, and especially in Calgary, which is a Chinook-based city weather-based city so uh yeah we get everything from sunlight to uh blizzard so you know i always hope when the panthers come here they see calgary for what it is in a nice city and nice weather but i know we mentioned off air i believe they're always here in january so uh i don't think panthers will be uh seeing experiencing a lot of good weather um <laughs> it's it's shitty that they always get that western road trip in the yeah. dead of winter it's really hard for players that are down in florida to acclimate themselves to the weather here and then they go back home and then they're feeling off and you kind of get this seasonal disorder right so uh it's always a tough trip when they're up here for three games and four four nights or three games and five nights um it'll be interesting now with the seattle expansion if they'll break that up where the panthers are up here for seattle and vancouver and then maybe they, they're up here for a mini uh, road trip with just Edmonton and Calgary because before they've always had to be to go through Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. That's a tough trip. And then come back home, and then usually that first game back home you, is usually a dud. So um, it's it's been always a really, really tough trip for, for the Panthers when they have to do that Western Canadian road swing. So, again, I'm really targeting that uh, this year with them having a really strong team on the ice and see how they – 
combat that trip. And I don't know if it's broken up. I don't know if you have the schedule off hand Armando, but um, yep. if they're in Seattle, right. Vancouver on a different trip. Right. Yeah. So are they in Seattle and Vancouver on a different trip? And then Calgary and Vancouver's paired together. I don't know how they have it this year with Seattle coming into the league. Um, they have um, the 18th. They have Calgary, a back-to-back in Edmonton and then Vancouver, an off day. And then Seattle, an off day. Winnipeg, an off day. And then back home against Vegas, of all teams. Oh, wow. So they have the they have Winnipeg included in there, too. And I know Florida, historically, I don't think has done well against Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Dead of winter, like I said. And then they got to come back home, reacclimate, and then play Vegas, a really tough team. So that's going to be, like, if Panther fans are looking at the schedule... I'm telling you now, even if Calgary's not going to be that good this year, Edmonton, they're kind of projected to be second in their division, but, you know, the McDavid factor and Dreisaitl, I'm telling you, and Vancouver, you don't know, they're a mixed bag, and Seattle being a new team, I'm, I got really high hopes for Winnipeg this year. So it's kind of a mixed bag there, but I'm telling you, that trip might be one, one, if not the toughest trip for the Panthers this year, and that includes any back-to-backs that they have with Tampa Bay or anything like that, um, and then coming back home, like you said, to play Vegas. That's a tough five, six game stretch right there. So hopefully the Panthers have a lot of cushion at that point of the season. Um, you know, don't have too much of a setback, but yeah, that will be a tough trip. And I'd be happy with, you know, two, three, win- three wins maybe out of that, mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, that, that trek there, if you go three and three or three, two and one, I'd take that and run with it. So that'll be a tough little stretch for sure. Absolutely, and that's right before the uh, All Star break and Olympic break for the Cats. So it'll if they find a way to win a majority of those, then that's great for them. Thanks to the Great Resignation, the job market is filled with once in a generation talent. How is your organization going to put together an All Star team? Your front office needs an All Star roster. You need Indeed. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed, instant match assessment, and virtual interviews. With Constant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. With Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search, according to Indeed data. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, 
cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections, it's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, built bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are built bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar and only four to five net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor, which is like the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at Built.com. So I got uh, two more questions for you. Um, who is the team that you yeah. hate the most in the NHL? Good question. And I think a lot of the Panthers fan base is with me here, at least the ones that I interact with on Twitter and social media. Um, it has become, it's changed over time. The pre-salary cap, I hated teams like the Maple Leafs and the Rangers and the Red Wings, the Avalanche. They could spend to the limit. There was no limit. <laughs> mm-hmm. They could spend $120 million, $160 million. So I really hated those big buck, those big money teams. And then it kind of morphed into the Panthers rivalries. So when the Panthers were in the Southeast division, I hated the Carolina hurricanes. I called them the Carolina divers, um, mm-hmm. Eric Stahl, Eric Cole, a bunch of those guys. There's a famous Ed. And it was uh, near the end of the season when the Panthers were trying to scratch and claw their way to a playoff spot, which unfortunately they did not that season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with the losses to the Carolina hurricanes and the refs. I felt really, slanted towards the the hurricanes of diving and stuff like that and um they there was a lot of calls that were missed and diving penalties that should have been called for diving penalties instead of tripping calls so i hated the carolina hurricanes um current day it's definitely the montreal canadians and boston bruins their fan base their teams um we've always not had miss we've always had uh bad luck against the the Boston Bruins and a lot of misfortune and stuff like that. Um, so I definitely would say the Montreal Canadiens and uh, Boston Bruins for sure. Um, those would be the two fan bases that I cannot stand. <laughs> what about yourself? Um, be, um, it before before the Tampa Bay Lightning went back to back. It was uh, Pittsburgh and Boston, uh, those two. But it definitely changed to the Lightning for sure, and just. It, like it was a point where it's like they're just there. The Florida Panthers aren't uh, um, really competitive. They're not on their level. But now that they're at the same level and Tampa Bay has won their back to back, it's it's definitely Tampa Bay. It's changed for me as well. But I, I just, like Boston in general uh, as a sit as a sports city. I don't like. I've never liked. Uh, and and also uh, no. it's, it's Pittsburgh as well. Uh, not a fan of the Steelers neither, nor the Penguins. The Pirates I don't care about. I really don't care. 
<laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm not a Sidney Crosby fan, even being Canadian. That might sound sacrilegious to some, but yeah, I've never been. He started out his career being very whiny and did a couple cheap things against the Panthers. I know he jumped, uh, Panther fans remember Brett McLean on a face-off one time and started like just pumbling him. And I'm like, what the heck is Crosby doing here, right? And it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. it's Crosby, the legal, just to let him do that, you know, no suspension or fine or, you know, no re- <laughs> no retribution, right? That type of stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you there, I'm with you there. Kind of so, kind of like the Tom Brady treatment, that's how I feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we're, we're going to experience that with the Lightning. I would say Lightning would have jumped to the top of my list now too and with the acquisition of Corey perry my brother my brother it's funny to say is anaheim mighty ducks fan growing up anaheim ducks fan and uh he saw a lot more success than i have as a panther fan so when they came in the league he he kind of found them as his favorite team and he's he's still a ducks fan to this very day so um so yeah so i've seen Corey perry and what he's capable of so him coming over uh to the tampa bay lightning and uh, just some of the antics last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning players, Joseph and Maroon and uh, McDonough and all these guys. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of guys to hate for on the Lightning. I, I have a respect for Vasilevsky, Hedman. Um, I, as much as I don't want to admit, I'm not really mm-hmm. a Tampa Bay fan or anything like that, but I do love how Braden Point plays the game. Right I'm here. a big Braden Point fan. I think he'll be really good for the Canadian Olympic team, and he should be on that team with a bullet. Um, I like how he plays, but outside of those two, three players on the Lightning, there's not much to respect or like. So um not a big fan of John Cooper. I've actually talked and had that out with some of the Panthers fan base. I think he's really disingenuous in some of his uh, post-game press conferences. He really caters to the media up here in Canada. He's going to be the Canadian Olympic coach. I think he gets a lot of bias and a lot of pub up here um for stuff that he does but i'm not a fan of his antics um some of his post-game press conference stuff he does have a lawyer background <laughs> so i will say uh a little bit of the stereotype there uh rings true a little bit um just not of a fan of his at all and kind of i don't think he's accountable for some of the actions that are on the ice like with the lightning last year the team that he iced last year at the end of the season and taking some runs at bark off there i was not a fan of that um mm-hmm kind of that goonery and stuff. I like a physical game, a physical brand of hockey, but some of that stuff was really pushing the limits. And you saw what Brandon Montour had to do for the Panthers. And I'm glad to see he's back with the team because he'll, he'll jump in and, you know, stick up for the guys like Ryan Lomberg will and, and those guys. So I really respect those guys. I think a lot of times they were standing up for a team, not to be biased or anything, but I think, you know, and Sam Bennett suspension worthy. Sure. That hit that he did in the, in the playoffs there. Um, yeah, that was suspension worthy, but there was a lot of things that the lightning were doing and trying to get away with. And, and like I told you about the Carolina hurricanes and, you know, their diving antics, right? Uh, how Kucherov dropped to the ice after he got that slash. I think it was from declare if I'm not mistaken, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, McDonough, it was McDonough on declare. Oh, okay. No, but I'm saying the slash on Nikita Kucherov, wasn't that, um, Anthony declare and then Kucherov dropped to the ice like a sack of potatoes like he was hurt. oh yeah that was game uh three I believe yeah, yeah. it was in Tampa was that mm-hmm. declare though I think it was. Uh, I believe so yeah yeah and then John Cooper came to the media after and says oh we got to protect our players and all this stuff and I'm like oh there was a lot of antics and a lot of ga- a lot of gamesmanship being played by the lightning and I think that's mm-hmm. where the Panthers have to learn that and you think you know with um Quinville as our coach, you know, with his experience with the Blackhawks, I think he has to do a little bit more gamemanship with the media and different things after for the Panthers to get some of those calls in future games or, you know, to get the ref or league officials to look at certain things. Because I saw John Cooper doing that before the playoffs even started last year. And that was before Kucherov was back in the lineup and Stamkos was back in the lineup. So 
I think there's something there for the Panthers to learn, um, not play the way that the Lightning did, but um, we definitely have to, you know, stand up for ourselves. And this is a fan. This is a team um, on. This is a team, Armando, that, you know, we have in the past really lacked, you know, standing up for ourselves being able to fight, you know, battle for each other on the ice. And I seen that even when Barkoff and Huberto first came into the league. And I was like, these are superstar players. And like, you know, we need to protect these guys and stand up for them and different things like that. And I was finally starting to see that over the last year or two with this, with this franchise. And I think that helps bring in a guy like Joe Quinville and things like that. Um, and now the job that Bill Zito is doing with this organization. Uh, I, I just see a real turning point there. And I think, you know, we're going to have to continue to push back and to get over that hump and to get over that monster, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, is it doable this year? I think it definitely is. But I, uh, I, I think there's work to be had there, and it's those little things that matter. And playoff hockey, whether people want to argue with me with this or not, playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. And I finally started to see with the Panthers players, Jonathan Huberto and Barkov having a little bit more postseason experience now. I'm starting to see, you know, yeah, this team can win in the playoffs. You know, it's 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 different than the regular season, right? So I definitely see that progression with the club, and I hope to see it further this year. And, you know, our expectations as a fan base definitely should be round two and round three. And that doesn't matter if we play the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins, Carolina Hurricanes. They, they would have to be, you know, in a crossover situation. But it doesn't matter who we play. Our expectation should be to win that first playoff series, not only that first playoff series and forever, but also – you know, to win multiple rounds in the playoffs this upcoming season. Absolutely. And they, they can match up with some of the best of them in the league and I'm, whether it's the Tampa Bay lightning or even the teams out West for sure. So I'm very confident in that. So uh, for, for the listeners of the show, um, plug your stuff. Uh, where can people follow you um, online? Yeah. Um, mainly they can follow me on Twitter as we've talked about that throughout the the podcast here. Um, so my handle is KJ underscore loops, L U P S and, uh, have tons of Panther follows there. Uh, if you follow me, I can follow you back. Um, give me a shout out. Uh, my DMS are always open there, but during the regular season, Armando, I'm always tweeting. So usually every game I'll be tweeting. And if not every game, I also, um, post a lot of different Florida Panther stats, um, that I feel the fan base is kind of missing on, even on the telecast at times. So I'll do my own research, um, you know, with my writing background and and writing for Panthers blogs. I'll now kind of write some, you know, different statistic things. I have a Yarmer Yager effect on Jonathan Huberto pinned to my Twitter account there. So I'll, I'll do different things like that throughout the season um, with players. And, you know, right now with, with the way that Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov and how their careers are just soaring, you know, breaking some panthers records and continually you know working their way up the list um with panthers you know all-time lists so i'll post some all-time lists and different things like that like i said i like uh i like goaltenders so i'll post a lot of um stats pertaining to goaltenders that i don't always see you know on the broadcast so i watch the broadcast really closely and then i try to hit on marks that you know are not being hit on maybe in podcasts or on the actual broadcast television broadcasts and stuff like that so just kind of my background in um broadcasts uh broadcasting and journalism um i called alberta junior hockey games up here so i know how it is to prep for a hockey game and what type of stats you need to do and how much preparation goes into all of that. So um, yeah, my goal is to 
do some of these future podcasts in the future, potentially with you, with other Panther fan base. So I just love you giving me this opportunity and everyone finally hearing my voice and, you know, a little bit of my background and history uh, with the Florida Panthers. So um, this has been a really enjoyable experience and I, I hope to do it again here in the future with you. Absolutely. And it'll be, it'll be cool to, to definitely uh, get, get you back on, especially when the Florida Panthers make their way over to uh, Calgary. We could, and if you go in person, we could see, talk for to sure about what they, what you see in person that we can't see on the TV broadcast because it's two completely different things from my time of going to many different sporting events, regardless yes. of <laughs> hockey, football, baseball, definitely. So I want to thank you, um, thank you so much, Kirby, for coming on to this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, and take care. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day and your third listen of the day, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Lockdown Panthers, Make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the IC app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.